Welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, November 12th, 2017, and I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz. I'm here today to chat with Georgia, Jordan, and Eric for our monthly Ask an Atheist. And we're just going to go around, and if everyone just wants to give like a quick two sentences, Jordan, do you want to start to introduce yourself? Um, sure. <laughs> um, my name is Jordan, and I don't know, I lived up in the, lived up in Minneapolis for about two years now, and I love it. Awesome. Georgia? Uh, hi, my name is Georgia, and I actually grew up in Utah and moved to Minnesota after I graduated from college and have been here for quite a while, and I'm also a longtime member of Minnesota Atheists. Excellent. Eric? Um, I am... From Iowa, originally, where I was born and raised into an evangelical home. But I ditched all that stuff, left it in Iowa, here in Minnesota since 94, atheist since about that same time. Awesome. Well, this is an open conversation, and we welcome and encourage you listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we are live, but you can always email or tweet whether we're live or listening. you're listening to the podcast. Georgia, Jordan, Eric, good morning, and welcome to Atheist Talk. Welcome. All right, so today's our Ask an Atheist, so we'll just start off with some some fun questions that people get. And of course, there's always the big first one. How did you become an atheist? Well, for me, um, it took a, took a while, but I just started, basically, I just started looking at the world around me, and um, I just realized that, you know, none of this stuff really makes sense, like how it's been explained to me as a child. Um being born and raised Catholic, I was, you know, I was raised with all these beliefs, and Catholics I just, have the funniest beliefs too. When you when you start looking uh, at it, seventeen years of of learning all that stuff is great. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I also grew so, up Catholic. But yeah, it was. I just kind of looked around. I was like, this doesn't make any sense, and I just kind of ditched it. For me, it was a longer process, but I did give up religion. The religion that I was raised in was Mormon, and I gave that up when I was 19. Um, but uh, giving up God was a longer process, and it was a thoughtful process. So, Yeah. Um, kind of like me, too, I guess. You know, there was, well, I don't know. I, I ditched the... Um, passion. Evangelicals are pretty passionate, I guess, about what they believe. And I did not share that passion. It didn't make sense to me the more I thought about it. And I'd read the Bible, and that's what made me give up religion. It just didn't make sense. Um, and it was more of like an ethical thing. I couldn't, I couldn't really justify that people I knew who weren't Christian, people who I knew that didn't believe in Jesus would be going to hell. So that was just something that never really set well with me, even as a kid. And then as I got older, um, as I tried to reason and rationalize it even more, it just didn't make sense. But like Georgia said, it took a little bit longer for me to get rid of the whole concept of, of there never being a God. Uh, that did take a little bit longer. So I identified as agnostic and thinking that that was really the more intellectual, uh, higher ground. Um, but then I started 
reading more pro-atheist books, Dawkins, um, introduced the whole flying teapot, flying spaghetti monster kind of idea, and that's when it really clicked. Oh, yeah, I, I'm an atheist. So anyway. All right. So everyone think fast because Pascal's wager. <clears throat> what if you're wrong and there is a heaven and there is a hell? I'll be warm. <laughs> I won't have to deal with cold Minnesota winters. You know, Unless it's cold as hell, I don't yeah. know. I was going to say, I mean, if you go for Dante's, the, the, the Dante's Inferno idea, there actually is a layer of hell that is icy cold. Right. And, and I'm just wondering if maybe he somehow went to Minnesota. Yeah. Could be, <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I, have, I have gone over that. I think it's like the seventh one or something like yeah. that. It's like, I, I don't know, it's like something how you're, like part of your body is trapped in ice or something and Satan keeps flapping his wings to make it keep to keep making it colder, something like that. So so he's been out in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, he has. So even if there was um a heaven and a hell, how do we pick which which God came up with that? It's it's clearly a one God uh, solution. Um if there is the God of the Bible. Versus other religions coming in and saying, well, that doesn't make sense to us. <laughs> right. well, it's just such a ridiculous wager, right? Not even think about these days. I think when, whenever Pascal came up with that, when was that? Back in the 1500s, 1600s? I have no idea. What is it, 1700s? I don't know. Whenever it was. But people believed, I think, were more susceptible to, to sillier beliefs and sillier um, questions like that back then but these days we have like way more important things to really consider like you know what if we're wrong about um global climate change what if we're wrong about you know really serious things what if we're wrong about who we elected president you know there's like things in the here and now that that matter way more than just some sort of idea about um a supernatural belief like which version of hell this one that you talked about with dante the version of hell written or thought about by uh whatever uh, Christian uh, sects that there are out there or, or whatever. Yeah, so it's such a silly proposition. Yeah, basically, basically who's, whose hell are you going to go to? So, and I mean, what in Hinduism, there's like, what, 300 million gods or something? Or it's like one god with 300 million forms, something like that? Yeah, it's just so many numbers of what if we're wrong about how many of these different things that there are. I think the main thing is just be an ethical good person right here and now. And if there is, if there is, and, you know, as atheists, there's, I think we all are atheists because there's such a low, low, low probability of there actually being any sort of like supernatural uh, judge uh, of, of ultimate degree. But if there is, let's hope that that, thing or whatever it is, is an ethical thing as well and, and at least recognizes that you are you try to do good, you try to do right, right. by people in the world and well, stuff. Well, that's so. how I look at it too. It's like, will I have a chance to explain myself? It's like, well, can you blame me? Because like never, never seen a God, never heard one. It's like, so please excuse me for being a little for being a little bit doubtful, so. Right, otherwise we're just set up to fail the, the minute we're born anyway, so I can't help who I am. It's See, just who I am. I also have this this backwards question for that is um, if there's a God and it's supposed to be this omnipresent, um, all-knowing and all-powerful All-powerful, all-knowing, yeah, everything. My first question when he tells me I'm going to hell is, oh, 
And where are you going for letting all of these bad things happen and all of these terrifying things happen to people? And and you're going to say it's a test? No. Nope. Nope. You well, do I, not deserve excellent it. Excellent point. <laughs> I, saw, I saw something not long ago where um, it was the whole Garden of Eden thing and mm-hmm. they were tempted by a snake. It's like, well, did he not create the snake or could he just not let that exist in the first place? And he knew it was – and supposedly he knew it was going to happen. So he had this idea of punishing people forever for something yeah. that he knew was going to happen. Speaking of this, though, without God, where do we get our morality uh, my answer is always from cheese because it is delicious. The Dark Lord himself. <laughs> Evolution. I was going to say Oprah, but. All I'm right, kidding. we got four we very different answers here. <laughs> we have, well, we we did evolve to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we're successful, and that's why there's so many of us. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting thing because a lot of people think that, especially with Darwin and evolution, it's always survival of the fittest. And it's that's actually – even Darwin himself did not really say that. It's more based on a cooperation, like Absolutely. you said. Yep. Right, and that is that – in and of itself, that whole quality of cooperation is is a skill – that has been developed through evolution. So traits traits for cooperation have been selected by natural selection. So we can thrive and continue right. to to build our population. Right. We are we are we are where we are and, and, and those of us who are successful in life uh and, and humanity right now are where we are because we are cooperative, because we know how to be cooperative. Well, here's a question then. If there is no God, can we do whatever we want? Are we free to murder or rape while good deeds go unrewarded? Are we? Well, of course. We have a system of checks and balances. And again, evolution, we have evolved to cooperate and not murder and mayhem. Right. I mean, we can. We totally can. Yeah, we, we can, but there's just that little thing in our head that says, you know, hey, we probably shouldn't do this. This is bad. <laughs> Right, yep, right. For the majority I mean, of us, that is the case. Well, yeah, yeah, not everybody, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yes. Fortunately, we live in a cooperative society that we've developed where, um, you know, we don't have to kill people in order to survive. Or, you know, we have, we have parameters put into place. We have police. We've got military. We've got uh, um, just— there are, pe- there are people pro-death penalty who would actually slightly argue with you on that. And I know what? some. Um, <laughs> And I think. Oh, um, so we that we should kill people. Well, to punish it's, I was gonna say, like crime. I said, there's there's the question of of the death penalty with yeah. crime. Yeah. Which right. is a whole other subject. Technically. Yeah, that is a whole that, other subject. But right. again, um, we for the ma- majority of us do cooperate and do the right thing. Well, I think the the question I hear whenever that question comes up is just it's a, it's the a question. You answer a question with a question. The question is, is that so what if all of a sudden you understood uh, that or there's evidence that God wasn't real that you believe in, then all of a sudden you would would turn around and start shooting people and and pillaging and and stealing and raping? It's almost like they they think there's no consequences at all. And it's like, no, there's there's still consequences. It's just Mm -hmm. not hell. Well... Please stay with us through the break. We'll return to Atheist Talk with Georgia, Jordan, and Eric. I'm Hertzie Hertz. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. Today's guests are Georgia, Jordan, and Eric for our monthly Ask an Atheist. Before we get back, however, I want to remind everyone listening live that immediately following this program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production of American Atheist. Please note, you can always catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or the podcast player of your choice. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Georgia, Jordan, and Eric this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at Atheist Talk or on our Facebook ta- page, Atheist Talk. Now, Georgia, during the break, you brought up an interesting point with Richard Dawkins. Do you want to... Yeah, I, I want to talk about, um, in his book, The God Delusion... He um, brings up a study, a very extensive study that was done with children, um, where there was a group of children who were raised non-religiously and then a religious group of children, and then they came up with scenarios about murdering individuals and if it was okay or not. Um, And with the religious group, they said it was okay because, and, and they brought God into the picture with this and said, uh, would this be okay if um, God said it was okay? And the non-religious children said no, and the religious children said it was okay because God said to do it. So going back to the morality um, piece of this and having morals, uh, if you basically if you exclude God from from that, people are actually more moral. And we're talking about, of course, the Christian Bible. God. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Any or other? any sort of like like absolute authority like that, right? So right. Yeah. even like um that's how like Kim Jong un and and Hitler got away with a lot of stuff because they were thought of like a godlike kind of thing, like this ultimate authority. If they say right. do this, then you yep. didn't question it. Unquestionable compliance was the most moral thing. Right. Yep. Isn't that like in the Ten Commandments? Is that one of the things, always obey God? Or I can't remember all the commandments, but... Yeah, like the first shouldn't. the first one was like, you have to obey God. I'm sure, yeah. It says and it you, in the Bible a couple of times, something about obeying God. There's a lot yeah. of contradiction there, because then there's the one that says, do not kill. <laughs> well, well, then my... And then my favorite one has always been, you know, because as a kid, one of the questions that's like, okay, so God said to do, so if God told you to kill me, would you do it? And the parent usually will say, well, yes, but God will, I mean, that's not the question because God won't tell me to do that. And it's like, how do you know? Because God has this mysterious plan Mm -hmm. that he doesn't tell us. Yeah. And now you're saying that you do know some of this plan. Well, talk to Abraham. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's basically like, okay, you have to kill your son. All of a sudden, right at the last minute, okay, okay, I, I was kidding. Don't, you don't have to really do that. <laughs> yeah, but then guy. there's another part in the, um, in the Old Testament where it's a girl and the father does murder the girl because God says yes. So if you've read all of the Bible, there's a lot of contradiction. Yeah. Um, what what I thought of was, um, you know, one of the commandments, honor your father and mother. But then I think Jesus said, like, if you basically, if you hate your family or you don't want to be with your family, come with me and follow me. 
So I kind of see a little bit of an issue there. All right, Eric, you said yeah. you have a question. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious. We've, we talked about how religion is something that um, is silly. We don't believe in. It's ridiculous. Most of us came from a religious background, and uh, we've had that experience, and we've moved past that. Uh, but a lot of people move past that uh, who were born and brought up in a religious environment. Um, and some, some, you know, were just born and raised into a non-religious environment. And in many cases, people just move on and say that, yeah, I don't believe it. It's not for me. And they don't make it a big part of their identity. But why do we make that non-belief a big part of our identity? And, you know, it's something that, that I've thought about. And for me, you know, it's just about how religion has such a huge influence on our society and in our public policy, the way that we uh, govern ourselves, the way that we take care of each other has, has been impacted, and I would say mostly in a negative way on all accounts through religion. Um, and to me, it's such a huge component to a negative impact on our society. That's why I take on the A word. That's why it's an aggressive non-belief. It's not just non-belief. There's a lot of non-believers who don't take on the A word identity. But for me, it's, it's a sign of like active protest against a very toxic thing that I see. And that's why I take on the label atheist and make it a part of my identity. So I was just curious about what, what you guys think. I absolutely agree because once once I reach that that conclusion, and I've always been pretty liberal or progressive in my thinking, uh, but once I reached that conclusion and saw all the ties of religion and how it is toxic to a, lo a lot of people and does a lot of damage, that it was important for me to be out there and have conversations with individuals to give them another point of view. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it, yeah, a, a lot of people, they'll, they'll be the first to tell you or they'll kind of like hint at it. It's like, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm very proud of that. And I've had people that, you know, um, that they assume that because, you know, I'm a, a nice person, I help them out. They assume that maybe I'm just like them. It's like, no, no, I I don't believe in any of the stuff you do, but I don't I don't need to in order to be this type of person. So, um if anybody asks me it's like, you know, are you atheist? I'll be like, Yeah, I am, but I don't see why that really should matter at all. Mm -hmm. If if I see somebody that says, you know, I'm a Christian, it's like, okay, that that's that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it's just how you act. Um I guess morally, really. Mm -hmm. And I've uh, I I work with a group of all Christians in my small office, and uh, one of the things that I always tell them is I care about people. Right. Yeah. Right. I do. I and care. I genuinely line. care about people. And there's a lot of Christians who would say the exact the same thing, and and that's that's the whole thing is that we don't have to be so tribalistic about it. Mm -hmm. Well. Um, but so often I hear, oh, I care about people, but I care about their souls. And that kind of goes into that, that territory that I look and I'm like, okay, so you don't actually care about the person as they are right now. You want them to conform to what you are. Right. And there are the, you know, there are the, the um, I call them the hippie God loves everybody Christians, you know, who I absolutely adore because they're just like, yeah, you do whatever the heck you want. That's fine. 
it, but there are the ones who, who it's like, oh, well, I do care, but I care about your soul. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to conform to what you do and, and what you say. And my family has a, a saying called conform and be dull. And it's like, nope, not, not going to do it. <laughs> no. Not going to do it. I got, I have other things to do yeah. that affects the here and now, as opposed to the supposed after I die. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think who, no matter what the motive, you know, if, that, if, if that's the motive of a Christian and an atheist just wants to make the here and now a better place by whatever community service and activities and, and really advocating for good, sound fiscal and social policy through uh, those who we elect to represent us, then I'm all for it. But yeah. Right. Bottom line is we just got, all got to be on the same page. And uh, I'm going to cut you off because we need to get to the break. But please return where, when, when we're done. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. In studio, we're having what I would classify as a fascinating conversation with Georgia, Jordan, and Eric. Before we continue this conversation, which will be our last final segment with Georgia, Jordan, and Eric, there's a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. I also want to note our group of dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You'll help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. I also want to note our donors of the week, which actually is everybody... Um, so thank you all very much for your donations. Personally, I like to use this show to show that atheists are just normal people like everyone else. So please, if you're able, donate, consider donating through either our radio fund page or our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Atheist Talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization, and we couldn't do this show without you, and we are deeply appreciative of your support. Music for Minnesota for Atheist Talk is composed is by composer and member Brent Michael, Michael Davis and is used with permission. Please note all opinions of our guests and hosts only and do not necessarily reflect Minnesota Atheists as an organization. As always, check out the Minnesota Atheist website for podcasts and previous programs. You can browse articles, book reviews, and peruse calendars for upcoming events. You can also sign up for the Atheist Weekly email. The AWE will give you links to upcoming events, and it's a great way to stay connected with the community. We always have a ton of activities going on around the Twin Cities and the outlying suburbs, like the Cook and Dine or the Secular Family event, both on November 18th, or the Radio Show Volunteer Meeting on November 14th. If you enjoyed the show and all Minnesota Atheist has to offer, please consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheist while you're on the website. Membership has some great for perks, and check out how on the website. I also do have one quick update for Inclusivity, which was a guest a couple of weeks ago. They are having one of their um, the fundraisers soon, Expanding Hope Through Music, on Saturday, November 18th. That is a busy weekend. It'll be at Famous Dave's on Hennepin Avenue, and you can check out the show notes or our Facebook page for a link. With all this relevant and very useful information out of the way, let's get back to the conversation with Georgia, Jordan, and Eric. Thank you, Hertzy. Yes. Well, I know that well, we were talking about stereotypes at some point, so I was going to bring up a couple of uh, interesting stereotypes that we have on here. Um, so this is from the MIC network or the Mike network, and the first one they have is atheists are pacifists who don't fight American wars. I, I know. I know atheists in, that have been in foxholes. 
Oh yeah, as I said, this is the whole. There's no atheist in foxholes, and it's like, oh uh, yeah, okay. like no, Pat pretty, Tillman, Pat Tillman, yes. Matt Dillahunty. My th- brother was in the Navy. He's mm-hmm. an atheist. My sister's in the Navy. She's an atheist. Yeah. So that's just silly. Yep. All right. Next one is atheists are all white men. Well, Georgia, apparently we are not um, atheists. And I know some black women who are atheists. And and, uh, and I know some black men who are atheists. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Yeah. They, not they, true. There's Hispanics. And in fact, there's actually Hispanic atheist groups. Yep. Um, there are a lot of people like Jordan and I. There are. There are. I mean. <laughs> are we the primary? Maybe we are like the most. Do we represent uh, I, would, I think that's changing. That, yeah, yeah, I think that's changing. When, I, I, think jo- when I joined, I think that was more the case. But I think over the last 10 years, that has changed a lot. Yeah. Especially um, because I know that, that younger generations sh- are shedding religion a lot more. Not all of them are necessarily going to atheists, but some of them are. And, yeah. you know, that's bringing together a lot of, of that. Like, yeah, the nuns, right? That's what Pew Research calls yes. them. The yes. nuns. The nuns, the nuns yeah. which not to be confused with the Catholic tradition. Nuns. Um, <laughs> atheists are immoral hedonists. Well, yeah. Well, that, that's always one thing that it's like people people t- say things like, oh, well, you guys have all these sex parties and drugs and stuff. And I'm looking going, <laughs> well, if they, where? Where say, if are they, if these they, parties if they and are, why am I not invited? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Where are they? Where can I find Ridiculous. them? I need more information about this. Yes. Well, I mean, we're all kind of immoral hedonists. Every every human is on some sort of spectrum. Well, yes, no, but I they're mean, saying sex parties. And I'm saying, okay, where are the sex parties? Because right, I've been part of this community I've, for a few I've years. I've never heard of that. <laughs> never heard of it. No. Oh, yes, on the third Wednesday every night at... Uh, oh, so you've been hiding it from us. Our that's board what meeting. it is. No. Oh, those... <laughs> yeah. That, oh, so, that's totally... That's so are we putting this on the meetup? Yeah. On the meetup group? <laughs> so, so everybody, you know, if you really want to see, like, something interesting, you should come to one of our board meetings. Yes, especially um, if you're a member, you can definitely come to our board meetings. There are lots of fun. So, like, you know, I think of immoral hedonists. I think of Roy Moore. Like, yeah. is, is he an atheist? Um, oh, is he not that from Congress, what I is he that Congress guy? Who got Alabama guy? Shooty, yeah. shooty, make shooty pants with the Al- cowboy Alabama hat. Alabama oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the he got big, the big um, ten gallon hat. Nope, he's uh, Christian. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I well, guess spoken one. He's very very are you, conservative. Are you sure? Because he's yeah. kind of like doing a lot of immoral stuff. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, as soon as he apologizes to his invisible friend, he's all good. I love. I loved his. I loved his excuse that well. Mary was a teenager when she got impregnated. Oh my by, gosh! By yeah, I saw that. I yeah, saw but that, that was mm-hmm. that was God that impregnated her, not even Joseph. Anyway, yes, I... that was a right? uh, still, that was still, a comment this, that he made. Still, yes. this is his reasoning. And this is reasoning. somebody who's elected. Oh my God! Yes, uh-huh. he is. Held, he's he's uh, part of a major political party. See why religion has <laughs> such a negative impact on our on our society? We get people like Roy Moore who are going to be senators. I mean, these are. These are people that he. So wasn't he the guy also who was on the Alabama Supreme Court who insisted that the Ten Commandments be? You displayed? are correct. Yes. And wasn't he, he the one he got kicked off the Supreme the Court yeah, I think a so, few yeah. times? He, I think he got. Yeah, he got reprimanded. Did he get removed from the Supreme Court because yeah, of that? He did. Yeah. So that's that guy. But the people in Alabama want him in office. I don't get it. 
I'm struggling. Granted, with granted. a lot of this stuff. Because indoctrination is a very powerful thing. It makes yeah. you yeah. vote stupid ways. Yeah. I was, and I was going to say, we, we are not, you know, Minnesota is not blameless. We do have Michelle Bachman, who was voted oh, in how yeah. many times? Jeez. I know. I've, I've, I've recently moved to Anoka County, and there's a part of me that's like, I've lost Betty Hodgen, Hodgman, Hodges as my, as my congresswoman. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm so sad. I want you back. I, mm-hmm. I, I just look at her face. It's like, it's like I just, I just cringe. It's a blank every face. Time. It's like, blank. Just, I think it's just her eyes. It's like they're always wide open. It's just, they're it, dead inside. It freaks me out. <laughs> dead inside. Yeah. So here's the thing: as an atheist, because I don't think there's an afterlife. I really am more thoughtful about my actions and behavior. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here's number four on this list. Atheists are arrogant and aggressive proselytizers, which I think is funny that I'm bringing this up on a live radio show. (laughs) Well, we are, in a sense, I suppose, proselytizing. We're at least just kind of expressing our thoughts and our worldview. And, you know, if you you call that proselytizing, then I guess we're proselytizing. I would say we're not aggressive, though. I mean, we don't. We're not arrogant like the guy in Alabama. No, you know, it, or or the street or the street preachers. Who oh, go, I love yeah, the street who go to preachers. the campuses and such. Right. You know, we don't do that. I think I've heard of one guy doing it as a social experiment. Yeah. What, he, when was the last time you saw an atheist picketing outside of a church with a sign? Yeah, I didn't yeah, really I'd do like that. somebody to so. on that end to just think about that. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I'd say that that is false, right? I mean, we we're entitled to be able to express our thoughts and our views, just like anybody else. So oh. that's that's what we're doing, and we're not um, cocky. We're not cocky because we're not we're not the ones who are saying yeah. that this this particular belief is a hundred percent true. And if you don't believe right. it, then here's these extremely dire consequences and that that comes from a very a cocky perspective right and we're not that group we're the group saying eh, it's probably not likely and we've got better things to do with right. our lives yes live them I am so busy. It's like, do you have time for church? Nope. I do not have time to talk to an invisible friend. Yeah. Uh. The last time I talked to a street preacher, it was great because he's like, he's like, can I ask you a question? I was like, no, oh, sure. He's like, do you know where you're going to go when you die? I was like, probably in the ground, but I don't, I don't know. Oh, see, and see, I, I would love for that to happen because I have an interest in like what you can do with human moraines after they die, and so oh, it's like yeah. I could start listing it. Uses. I, well, and what makes it better is that you know. Neil deGrasse Tyson said it very well, that basically the earth gave me life, so I'm going to give back to it. Yep. So I love that something along that. But yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So the next one, a stereotype, is that atheists are angry at God and want to destroy religion. And I know that this is a huge one in Christian movies because I listen to a podcast that makes fun of Christian movies. Um, but it's <laughs> always the, the atheist is angry at God. And I'm like... I'm a, you always, have to believe yeah, in yeah. one, right? It's like being angry at air. Except for air does technically we, exist. Yeah, we can actually. I've, yeah, I've, true. We felt. Oh, that, that'd be like, or when? I don't know. That'd be like being actually angry at Albus Dumbledore for, for keeping magic away from us. That's true. There we go. That's, there that's the we analogy. go. Okay. Well, do you think yeah. that question comes from people, though, who I think about when I left my faith that I went through bouts of being 
angry or questioning like why this event happened and then attributed mm-hmm. some of the blame to God, who I was told was all knowing, all powerful. Like, how could you let this happen? How could you let this, my friend die, you know, as a kid, like how can, how could that possibly happen? What, what did you do so, wrong or what did he do wrong to deserve right. it? So, so I think that some people, that, that question might come from a place where people are doing that. Like they're angry at God or angry at something that happened and attributed it to God. Oh, and I think it also comes from the idea that they can't imagine people not believing in God. Mm-hmm. They, right. they can't imagine just right. turning yeah. that switch off. Right. I think there's, there's a few people where I work, I, I think they just assume that I believe in him. There's like, because um, they ask, he's like, hey, what are you doing this week? I'll tell him my plans. He's like, he's like, hey, it sounds good. Then you can get up and make sure you get to church in the morning. I was like, sure. No, you come here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I'll be I'll be right there sitting next to you. <laughs> all right. Number six is atheists believe the universe is all one big coinky dink. And by coinky dink I mean coincidence. Oh, is that what that means? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well I guess yeah. I don't know, but I so mean, it happened and it just it happened. It just did, and here we are. So yeah. I don't know. Who cares? I guess I don't even really care if it was a coincidence. The other the other aspect being that it was intelligently designed. I mean, that just doesn't even make sense because then the question is always, well, who made the designer? Right? There's always that question. Oh, but he's made, always been there. Right, but who right. made? Right. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. But I mean, I, maybe it is a coincidence. I mean, you know, the universe is what 13 billion years old. Yeah. I mean, I. I'll I'll say it probably took that, probably did take all that amount of time to have everything just kind of work itself together. It didn't just happen in what six thousand years, right? But there is a certain form, right? There's, a, I mean, it's not a design, but there's a certain like physics and chemistry, like all the science and stuff takes place. So, I mean, there is explanations for right, it. It's right. not all, all right. like happening by accident. So we we've got about a minute left, and I definitely want to get Ooh. to the, at least a quick answer from everyone on this last one. Okay, atheists want to ban Christmas. Uh, what? <laughs> Christmas is a pagan holiday, people. Yeah. No, I, I like Christmas, so I, whatever. I, no, I, I don't want to ban true. Christmas. I need to get my cat that ugly sweater yet. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like, I'm not even the biggest fan of Christmas, but I like so many of like the, my family traditions and such. It's like, no, we don't want to ban Christmas. We want a separation. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us next Sunday, which should be another exciting episode. The podcast of the show will be up on our radio page as soon as we're able. Have a great Sunday, and remember to stick through this brief commercial break for the American Atheist Viewpoint. Hello and welcome to the American Atheist Viewpoint. I'm Nick Fish, National Program Director for American Atheists, and thank you as always for joining us. Uh, This week we had more news coming out of Washington uh, with the House uh, GOP tax bill getting an amendment. Uh, This is an amendment uh, that's called the Chairman's Mark. uh, That is the sort of first big amendment that comes out for any uh, big piece of legislation like this. In the Chairman's Mark, uh, the uh, chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, Representative Kevin Brady, uh, made a change to the um, item in the tax reform bill that I talked about last week uh, that would have repealed the Johnson Amendment, except uh, only for churches. Um, In this version of the bill, um, they are changing that once again to repeal the Johnson Amendment for all 501c3s. 
Um, that would mean educational groups and um, advocacy groups and uh, charities and, and so forth, um, just like American atheists. Now, this change, um, while it does resolve some of the constitutional questions and the problems that uh, the original piece of legislation would have faced, um, it doesn't go uh, far enough to resolve um, all of those concerns. Um, but it also is sort of like blowing up the house um, that instead of fixing the problem, um, this is, you know, you know, you have a, you have a bad roof and instead of replacing the roof, you just tear the house down. That's kind of what they're doing here. Um, this, this bill, once again, this, this measure to change the Johnson amendment, to get rid of the Johnson amendment is a solution in search of a problem. Um, they're framing this in a way that indicates that it's about religious freedom. It's about free speech. Um, it's not about either of those things. Um, they're saying things like uh, religious leaders are being muzzled and not able to speak their mind. It's simply That's simply not true. Uh, religious leaders are free to say whatever they want about issues of public importance. They're free to um, endorse legislation. They're free to lobby members of Congress. They're free to um, organize events uh, where they have candidates come to their, their churches and speak. This is about money and politics, and this is about paying back the donors and paying back the um, folks on the evangelical religious right who supported their candidacy, and um, this is an issue only for them. Um, once again, it bears repeating. 5,500 different nonprofit organizations, ranging from the Red Cross and the Girl Scouts to Habitat for Humanity and the National Council of Churches, oppose changing the Johnson Amendment. Um, more than 100 denominations of religious, of religious groups oppose changing the Johnson Amendment, uh, ranging from the um, Evangelical Lutheran Church um, to uh, the Unitarians. Um, this, is, this is something that no one wants. 75% um, of Americans oppose this change. 90%, almost 90% of evangelical pastors oppose this change. Um, when the original bill was rolled out, it's telling what groups... Um, opposed it on the basis that it didn't go far enough. Those groups were groups like Focus on the Family and the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, they said that it didn't go far enough to allow them specifically, uh, these groups, Focus on the Family um, and, and their state auxiliaries, because they're not technically churches, um, it, didn't, it wouldn't have allowed them to endorse candidates. Now, it's important to remember that the leaders of these groups already endorse candidates. They're already free to do so, then they're able to do so in their individual capacities. What these groups want is to have their cake and eat it too. They want all the benefits of tax-exempt status, they want huge tax write-offs for their donors, and they want to be able to do politics with it. And that's, that's they're, they're, they're tipping their hand here. We know exactly what they want. Um, but this doesn't resolve the, the core of the problem here, and that core of the problem is not that 501c3s um, like American Atheists or like any group that fills out its IRS Form 990, we're not the ones going to be turned into super PACs. We're not the ones where billions of dollars are going to be flowing uh, into uh, in order to influence elections. It's still going to be the churches, and that's because they still do not have um, equal requirements under the law to file their IRS Form 990. They still don't have to disclose where their money comes from. They don't have to disclose anything about what they spend. And we have no way of knowing if the money that they spend is on politics, um, if it's truly de minimis, as the piece of legislation says, we have no way of knowing any of that. Um, what's worse is we would have no way of knowing if they were selling um, 
endorsements for support, if they were being pressured by members of, uh, by by politicians to do that sort of thing, we would have no way of knowing. They 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 are under no obligation to disclose any of that money. That's a huge deal. So we're going to continue fighting against this. Uh, please continue calling um, your members of Congress. Uh, do everything you can to reach out to them. Um, the number to give Congress a call is 202-224-3121. Again, that's 202-224-3121. That's the Congressional Switchboard. Call that number, um, ask to speak to your senator, uh, and let them know that you oppose changing the Johnson Amendment and that you hope that they will too, and that this is a matter, this is an issue that really matters to you uh, because it will gravely impact um, the future of our nation's electoral system. Um, there are talking points. There's resources on our website um, at atheists.org. Uh, you can find them on there and, and have some uh, good details ready at, ready at hand uh, to talk about this issue. Uh, the second thing that I want to highlight, another piece of news coming out of Washington, uh, is Representative Huffman, uh, uh, who is a uh, member of the House uh, from California. Uh, Jared Huffman, he is uh, from a uh, house district um, that is in Northern California, sort of near San Francisco and on up to the Oregon border, um, came out uh, this week as a non-believer. Um, he says that he is maybe an agnostic humanist, um, but does not believe in God. Um, Representative Huffman, however, uh, just to quibble with this a little bit, um, not to take anything away from uh, the importance of this, um, said in general that uh, he wasn't he wouldn't call himself an atheist um, simply because he didn't think that that or that he was as certain um, as that would imply um, and just as a you know correction uh, <laughs> here uh, being an atheist doesn't mean that you're certain about anything it only answers one question and that is do you believe in God uh, being an agnostic is not a squishier version of this it's not being less sure. Um, they answer two different questions. One is about what you can know. Uh, the other is about what you believe. And if you do not believe in God, as Representative Huffman does not, um, you're an atheist, uh, whether or not you choose to identify with that. And so uh, we obviously have a little more work to do um, on the education front here. Uh, but, you know, this is a big deal. The Representative Huffman is the first person uh, since Representative Stark, also from California, um, indicated that he was a um, non-believer, that he was an atheist, that he did not believe in God. Uh, this is a big deal. This, Representative Huffman is the first person um, in, uh, is the only person um, in Congress right now. So out of um, 535 uh, representatives and senators, plus a Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands and all that, um, he's the only one who I who, who identifies as a non-believer who says he doesn't believe in God. Um, and this is a, this is a big deal. This is uh, the sort of thing that um, hopefully we can have the, the slow tick of this. Uh, we can have a slow stream of more and more people being comfortable coming out and, and talking about what they really believe and don't believe. So, um, thank you, Representative Huffman, uh, for doing so. Um, it, it makes the road to um, to authenticity a little bit easier for the next person. So thank you. Uh, that's all the time I have for this week. Uh, for more information about our work or to become a member, please visit www.atheists.org.